Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of Cushing syndrome from the endocrine section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 42-year-old obese woman who does not smoke presents with diastolic hypertension and menstrual irregularities. Physical exam shows a full, plethoric appearance face, increased facial hair, truncal obesity, and purple striae around the abdomen. Scattered ecchymoses are present over the entire body. Labs show a hemoglobin of 18 grams per deciliter and a white blood cell count of 18,000 per millimeters cubed. The leukocyte differential shows an absolute neutrophilic leukocytosis. Chest x-ray is normal. This is a case of Cushing syndrome. Okay, let's now get into the topic. Let's start with a brief introduction about Cushing syndrome. Cushing syndrome is a condition that refers to the manifestations of hypercortisolism and results in hyperplasia of the adrenal cortex, specifically the zona fasciculata. There are several types of Cushing syndrome, iatrogenic Cushing syndrome, pituitary adenoma, adrenal Cushing's, and ectopic Cushing's. Iatrogenic Cushing syndrome is when patients take steroids and is the most common cause of Cushing syndrome. Pituitary adenoma, or Cushing's disease, is the most common pathogenic cause, which accounts for 70% of the cases. Majority of adenomas are benign, and this causes bilateral hyperplasia of the adrenal glands and is associated with increase in conversion of norepinephrine to epinephrine in the medulla. The enzyme involved in this conversion is phenylethanolamine N-methyltransferase. In adrenal Cushing's, there is an adenoma of the adrenals, and in ectopic Cushing's, there is ectopic ACTH secretion, and there is extremely high levels of ACTH. This is most commonly from small cell carcinoma of the lung and less commonly from thymic cancer. Okay, let's now discuss the clinical presentation of Cushing syndrome. The symptoms involved are depression and psychological changes, oligomenorrhea, growth retardation, weakness due to catabolism of muscle for gluconeogenesis, and symptoms of diabetes including polydipsia, polyuria, and dysuria. Physical exam findings include diastolic hypertension, central obesity, muscle wasting, thin skin that easily bruises, and purple abdominal striae due to weakening of collagen. Other physical exam findings include hirsutism, moon facies, and a buffalo hump. In terms of the diagnostic evaluation of Cushing syndrome, lab studies would show hyperglycemia because cortisol is gluconeogenic, hypokalemia because at high concentrations cortisol can have partial activity at the aldosterone receptor, and you should screen for 24-hour urinary cortisol as well as a serum cortisol level. These levels render high positive and negative predictive value. Serum ACTH should be measured to localize the lesion. If iatrogenic, there would be low ACTH levels. If pituitary in origin, there would be high ACTH levels. If adrenal in origin, there would be low ACTH level. And if it's an ectopic cause, there would be high ACTH level. If the ACTH is high, then use high-dose dexamethasone suppression test. In a pituitary cause, this test would result in low cortisol production because production is suppressible. In an ectopic cause, there would be no change in cortisol because the production is not suppressible. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. 
a 52-year-old man presents to his primary care physician for a yearly checkup complaining of recent weight gain. The patient states that he has noticed that regardless of his diet, his midsection has gotten increasingly larger and his old clothes no longer fit. The patient has a two-year history of left hip arthritis from a car accident for which he is on prednisone, as well as a history of migraine headaches. The patient has also noticed that in the last two months, he has developed acne and his face has become fuller in appearance. On exam, the patient has gained 26 pounds since his previous checkup one year prior, and he now has a BMI of 28.2 kilograms per meter squared, which is up from 24.1 kilograms per meter squared previously. His temperature is 98.3 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.8 degrees Celsius, blood pressure is 134 over 94 millimeters of mercury, pulse is 72 per minute, and respirations are 12 per minute. His physical exam is notable for red striae on his shoulders and around his waist. On his labs, the patient's serum ACTH is found to be decreased. Which of the following changes is most likely expected? 1. Bilateral adrenal atrophy. 2. Bilateral adrenal hyperplasia. 3. Lung malignancy. 4. Unilateral adrenal atrophy. Or 5. Unilateral adrenal hyperplasia. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1. Bilateral adrenal atrophy. This patient has weight gain, truncal obesity, acne, moon facies, and striae consistent with Cushing syndrome from chronic prednisone use. Exogenous steroids leading to Cushing syndrome result in decreased ACTH production and bilateral adrenal atrophy. Remember, Cushing syndrome refers to a state of hypercortisolism that can be due to a variety of causes. The major etiologies include hypothalamic, pituitary, adrenal, exogenous, and perineoplastic. When excess corticotropin-releasing hormone, or CRH, is released from the hypothalamus, or excess adrenocorticotropin, or ACTH, is released from a pituitary adenoma, or as a perineoplastic syndrome, ACTH is increased in the serum, resulting in bilateral adrenal hyperplasia. When an adrenal gland is directly responsible for increased cortisol, ACTH is decreased due to feedback and the contralateral adrenal gland atrophies. When exogenous corticosteroids are administered, ACTH is also decreased, and both adrenals atrophy in response. Exogenous steroids are the most common cause of Cushing syndrome. Cushing syndrome has characteristic signs such as hypertension, moon facies, weight changes with a habitus including features such as central obesity and thin extremities, insulin resistance, and striae. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2 bilateral adrenal hyperplasia would be seen in causes of Cushing syndrome that result in increased central production of either CRH or ACTH, which leads to hyperplasia of normally responsive adrenal glands. Answer choice 3. Lung malignancies can be a perineoplastic cause of Cushing syndrome. This is especially seen with small cell cancer of the lung and bronchial carcinoid tumor. Answer choice 4. Unilateral adrenal atrophy would occur when the contralateral adrenal is producing the hypercortisolism, such as through an adrenal adenoma or a carcinoma. 
And finally, answer choice five, unilateral adrenal hyperplasia can also produce Cushing syndrome, but this is not the most likely cause for this patient. In summary, Cushing syndrome can be due to hypothalamic, pituitary, adrenal, exogenous, or perineoplastic causes and can be differentiated based on the serum ACTH and the response of the adrenal glands. Exogenous Cushing syndrome typically results in bilateral adrenal atrophy. Next question. A 31-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician with a three-month history of headaches and increasing weakness. She has also noticed increased hair growth on her face and weight gain. She says that she does not recall anything that would have triggered the onset of these symptoms, but that they have been getting worse over time. She has no significant past medical history and physical exam reveals diffuse bruising and muscle wasting. Visual field testing reveals deficits in the bilateral temporal fields. Her temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 153 over 108 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 71 per minute and respirations are 18 per minute. Which of the following reactions will be increased in this patient? 1. Acetylcholine to acetate. 2. Hydroxycorticosterone to aldosterone. 3. Insulin to C-peptide. 4. Norepinephrine to epinephrine. Or 5. Thyroglobulin to thyroxine. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4. Norepinephrine to epinephrine. This patient who presents with weakness, hirsutism, central obesity, hypertension, and bruising most likely has Cushing syndrome secondary to a pituitary adenoma given the headaches and bitemporal hemianopsia. Overactivity of the adrenal glands in this syndrome will lead to increased conversion of norepinephrine to epinephrine. Remember, the adrenal gland is divided into a cortex and a medulla. The cortex is further subdivided into the zona glomerulosa, which produces aldosterone, the zona fasciculata, which produces cortisol, and the zona reticularis, which produces sex steroids such as dehydroepiandrosterone. The adrenal medulla serves as an end organ target of the sympathetic nervous system and converts norepinephrine to epinephrine through the action of phenylethanolamine and methyltransferase. Hypertrophy of the adrenal glands will cause increased production of both cortisol and epinephrine, which can result in the development of hypertension in the setting of Cushing syndrome. This form of hypertension is distinct from that found in hyperaldosteronism, which is regulated separately by the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system originating in the juxtaglomerular apparatus of the kidney. Okay, let's now go over the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, acetylcholine to acetate conversion, would be increased in patients with myasthenia gravis, which can cause proximal weakness that gets worse with prolonged muscle use. These patients would not have associated symptoms of central obesity, bruising, or hirsutism. Answer choice 2. Hydroxycorticosterone to aldosterone conversion would be increased in Kahn syndrome, which presents with isolated severe hypertension in otherwise healthy patients. Aldosterone is not classically elevated in patients with Cushing syndrome because the production of this hormone is regulated independently by the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. Answer choice 3. Insulin to C-peptide conversion may be increased in the early stages of diabetes mellitus due to peripheral insulin resistance. 
Diabetes may be asymptomatic if mild or present with polydipsia and polyuria if severe. And finally, answer choice 5, thyroglobulin to thyroxine conversion would be increased in Graves' disease, which may also present with muscle weakness. However, these patients would have associated symptoms of hyperthermia, exophthalmos, and heat intolerance. In summary, norepinephrine to epinephrine conversion by phenylethanolamine N-methyltransferase in the adrenal medulla will be increased in patients with Cushing syndrome. And that's all for this review about Cushing syndrome. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.